calling all aspiring podcasters. This is your sign to start your own podcast because we have just the right tool for you. Before we started podcasting, we really thought that everything would be such a hassle, especially the editing. But we found the best and most convenient all-around podcast tool out there, Podmachine. Podmachine will take care of all your podcasting needs. From audio production, designs, and marketing growth, all you have to do is sit back, relax, and keep creating great content that sounds professional. It's time for you to start sounding like a pro with Podmachine today. Sign up and get a free episode trial. And once you're convinced of how good it can be and how it helped us, you can start for as low as only $49.99 for four episodes in a month. But wait, there's more. If you use our code PHMURDER, all caps, no spaces, you get one free episode credit upon subscribing. Just head on to podmachine.com and let them do the dirty work so you can do the fun stuff and sound like a pro. Podcast Network Asia. This episode may include topics, references, or discussions around sexual assault, domestic violence, stalking, physical violence, or subject matters that may be disturbing to some of our listeners. We do acknowledge that this content may be difficult. We also encourage you to care for your safety and well-being. Shocking, sad, revealing, and deeply researched, PH Murder Stories podcast covers the true account of infamous killings and true crime stories from the Philippines. There's no such thing as questions, just hidden answers. Stay tuned as we revisit the inconceivable crimes that exist. Some listeners may find the following content of PH Murder Stories highly disturbing due to its graphic nature. PH Murder Stories does not condone nor promote violence of all sorts. Viewer discretion is advised. To our listeners, we created this episode as part of our Halloween festivities. Usually, the cases we cover involve concrete proof and substantial evidence based on detailed police investigations and court proceedings. However, in this episode, we will feature a case involving a mysterious supernatural phenomenon that remains unexplained to this day. Some would say that souls don't get to have eternal peace unless they have resolved any unfinished business in the physical world. It makes us wonder, what if we get murdered? How will we avenge our death? Is it possible to solve our own murder? Apparently, a murder case in Chicago, Illinois that involved a gruesome slaying of a Filipino woman might have proven that it is possible for the dead to solve their own murder. This shocking phenomenon would later on become one of the most peculiar cases not just in the United States, but in the entire world.
The only real piece of evidence we found was a memo indicating that she was expecting to obtain some theater tickets for a subject by name of A.S. To this day, I'm not quite sure if uh, Teresita came back. It's one of those bizarre incidents that you don't know is true or not true. Despite his confession, Alan Showery pled not guilty to a charge of murder. But when a mistrial was declared because of a hung jury, Showery suddenly reversed himself and admitted his guilt. On the evening of February 21, 1977, the Chicago Fire Department made a gruesome discovery after putting out a fire in an apartment downtown. A Filipino woman named Teresita Basa was found naked under a burning mattress with a knife plunged deep into her chest. In a bizarre turn of events, there were reports that Teresita's spirit possessed a female colleague, which helped solve her murder. The detectives assigned to her case were perplexed by how she was able to help identify her killer. Teresita Basa was born in the Philippines in 1929 and had a privileged upbringing as the only child of a wealthy lawyer and his wife. She moved to the United States after graduating from Assumption College in Manila, where she obtained a master's degree in music from Indiana University and then went on to study inhalation therapy. Later on, Teresita would reside in Chicago, Illinois, and worked at Edgewater Hospital as a respiratory therapist. She was regarded as a quiet and respectful woman who was extremely committed to her profession taking pride in delivering the best possible treatment for her patients. Aside from working at the hospital, Teresita also took a doctorate in music at Loyola University. She also gave piano lessons and started writing her very own book. Teresita has set an example that it is possible for Filipino women in foreign lands to be hardworking and, at the same time, eager to learn more from their passion. Unfortunately, her life would be cut short after being gruesomely killed. Before her gruesome slaying, at around 7.30 in the evening, Teresita was on the phone with her friend, Ruth Loeb, and mentioned to her that she had a male companion, whom she did not name, who was coming over to her apartment. However, an hour later, two of Teresita's neighbors sought the attention of the building's janitor after smelling smoke coming from her apartment. After realizing that Teresita's apartment was getting engulfed with smoke, the janitor promptly informed the other residents and called the fire department to seek assistance. When the firemen arrived, they quickly put out the fire inside Teresita's apartment. However, shocking and horrifying details about Teresita were discovered by the authorities. They found her lifeless and naked body under a smoldering mattress with a butcher's knife embedded in the middle part of her chest. Teresita's clothes were stacked beside her body which indicated that she might have been raped and murdered. Detective Joseph Stachula and his partner, Lee Eplin, 
were assigned to the case. In the first few weeks, they interviewed Teresita's friends and acquaintances to determine what kind of person she was and piece together a motive behind her tragic fate. Meanwhile, the authorities ruled out rape as a possible motive behind Teresita's killing as the medical examiners conclude that there were no signs of vaginal penetration. There seemed to be no apparent motive for the crime. Investigators could also find little physical evidence as the fire had destroyed most of it. Although the authorities managed to discover a mysterious note written by Teresita that read, get tickets for AS, which the police suspected that the person behind those initials might have been involved in the crime. The investigators pursued several leads but could not identify the person behind the initials that Teresita addressed in her note. This piece of evidence would later on become crucial in finding the suspect. Her friend Ruth also could not identify the person she was supposedly seeing at the night of her murder, which brought the police investigation to a dead end and was only left with a possible suspect with the initials AS based on Teresita's note. On the other hand, the medical team concluded the autopsy of Teresita's body. Her remains were brought back by her family to the Philippines in her hometown of Dumaguete City, where she was buried. Five months later, the husband of Teresita's colleague came forward to the authorities, claiming that she knew who killed the victim. Dr. Juan Chua, a surgical assistant at Franklin Boulevard Community Hospital, reported to detectives Tachula and Eplin that his wife, Remy Chua, was possessed. Remy was a native of the Philippines and worked in the same hospital with Teresita Baza. According to Dr. Chua, his wife had slipped into a comatose condition and at times would speak in the voice of another woman. During one of those altered states of consciousness, Remy exclaimed, I am Teresita Baza. Authorities could not believe what they heard, but they also realized that they had no choice but to follow the information brought up to them by these witnesses. Furthermore, Dr. Chua told police officers that his wife, through Teresita Basa's spirit, had the answers that the authorities were looking for. Remy, whom Teresita possessed at a particular time, said in Tagalog that she had been stabbed to death by a man named Alan Showery. In response, Dr. Chua asked his possessed wife why she let the suspect into her apartment, to which she replied, because he was a friend. Moreover, when Teresita's spirit left Remy's body, Remy could not recall what Teresita said to her husband. Initially, the husband and wife were reluctant about contacting the police, out of fear that nobody would believe them. However, when Teresita's spirit returned to possess Remy's body several times, 
both decided to contact the police and see if Teresita was telling the truth. This spooky season, the last 24 hours podcast is going to the movies. With a feature on some of the scariest movies in cinema history and reveal the true crime stories that inspired them. Plus, we turn up the scare factor with an exploration of the Philippine true crime stories and personalities that bear a freaky similarity to our featured movies. And play a game of auditory trick or treat with a choose your own adventure format where we give you the option of how you want to experience the episode. Don't miss the special new season of The Last 24 Hours Podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and all other podcast platforms. Aside from the shocking details that Teresita addressed through Remy, she also said to Juan that Alan Showery stole her jewelry and gave his wife some of the jewels. Due to the shocking developments of the husband and wife's police report, the police promptly looked into Alan Showery. They found out that he also worked at Edgewater Hospital as a technician, where Teresita used to work as a respiratory therapist. Is it possible that Alan Showery could be the person behind the initials AS from Teresita's note? The police had the same thoughts. On August 11, 1977, the detectives visited Alan Showery's apartment. At first, the suspect told the authorities that he knew Teresita, but had never gone to her apartment. Shortly after, he retracted his statement, saying that he went to her apartment to repair her television, but that he departed right away. While the detectives were at the suspect's apartment, Alan Showery's wife, Yanka Kamluk, was seen wearing a pearl cocktail ring that was eerily similar to the one identified as stolen by the voice of Teresita. They soon found more jewelry belonging to the victim, which her family also described as hers. After being presented with this evidence, Alan Showery confessed to the murder of Teresita Basa. In his confession, he declared that he had gone to Teresita's apartment to rob her so that he could pay his rent. He claimed that he only got $30 and a handful of jewelry. Alan Showery told the authorities that he planned to return and rob her on the day he first went to Teresita's apartment. When he returned, he said that the victim let him back in. As soon as she closed and locked the door, the suspect grabbed Teresita from behind and attacked her. Unfortunately, the situation escalated, which led Alan Showery to stab Teresita in the chest. Hence, the knife embedded in her chest that was found by the first responders at the crime scene. Furthermore, the suspect ripped the victim's clothes to make it look like a sexually related crime. He then took her mattress, 
placed it over her body and set it on fire. During the trial, which was dubbed the voice from the grave trial for its sensational nature, the suspect retracted the confession he previously made to the police, saying he was just kidding. Thomas Organ, the prosecutor, did not appreciate Alan Showery's refusal to take credit for what he had done and told him, quote, Well, Alan Showery, you were not joking when you plunged the knife into Teresita Bassa's chest, unquote. Meanwhile, William Suano, the suspect's defense counsel, said that Remy Chua, the person who claimed that Teresita possessed, may have been experiencing chances because she had been discharged from the hospital. Shortly after the court fiasco, the suspect once again had a change of heart. After spending some time in his prison cell, he finally admitted that he murdered Teresita Basa and committed robbery and arson. According to reports, he might have confessed because Teresita was haunting him in his cell. Nevertheless, Juan and Remy Chua's claims proved to be factual. On the other hand, despite the gruesome nature of what the suspect did to Teresita Basa, Alan Showery only spent five years in jail, most probably because his defense attorneys were able to adjust his pleas in his favor to obtain a much lighter punishment due to his confession. In the aftermath of this peculiar case, Detective Stachula, one of the main investigators of this bizarre case, said, quote, I'm not quite sure whether I believe how the information was obtained. Nonetheless, everything here is completely true, unquote. Many experts have tried to explain these seemingly paranormal trances regarding Teresita Bassa's story through the years. There were books written regarding this case, such as A Voice from the Grave, written in 1980 by Carol Mercado, a friend of Remy and Juan Chua, based on the couple's point of view. While in 1992, another book entitled Teresita, The Voice from the Grave, the incredible but true story of how an occult vision solved the murder of Teresita Bassa. Written by authors John O'Brien and Edward Bauman, featured a more detailed analysis of various perspectives from those who were involved in the case. Teresita Bassa's story has since appeared in countless television roundups of unsolved or paranormal crimes, and in 1996, it was made into a movie called Voice from the Grave. As for speculations developed since the start of the case, some had suggested that the suspect, Alan Showery, had complained about Mrs. Chua's performance at work, which led to her being fired way before Teresita was killed. Other specialists claim that her psychic symptoms allegedly started shortly after her termination, which meant that she might have heard voices in her head telling her that Alan Showery was the person behind Teresita's gruesome slaying. While others propose that there might be a possible subconscious fear or aversion Remy might have had of Alan Showery or Remy witnessing or overhearing him talk about his involvement 
but not knowing how to express the information. Nevertheless, we may not know the concrete revelations leading to this complicated case. But one thing is for sure. We can all agree that the murder of Teresita Basa is one of the world's most bizarre cases. Which makes us wonder if a dead person can solve their own murder. Before we end this episode, we have a question for you. How would you avenge your death if you got murdered and had the same supernatural powers as Teresita Basa? Let us know in the comments section in our episode post on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. Happy Halloween, everyone. Always remember to keep it safe and sound. For further updates, please follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at PH Murder Stories. And subscribe to our YouTube channel, PH Murder Stories. If you have case suggestions, please go to our website at phmurderstories.com and fill out the request form at File Your Blotter. Did you like this episode? Give us a rating on Apple Podcasts, or if you're listening on other platforms, kindly send us a review on our Facebook page or send us a tweet. You can also share our podcast to your Instagram and Facebook stories through Spotify. We're also inviting you to join our Facebook group, PH Murder Stories The Verdict, and participate in our discourse about true crime, both local and international. This group is a safe space for true crime and mystery fans like us who want to engage in thorough discussions about the subject. To all our listeners, we hope you could support us on Patreon. If you're fond of online shopping, you can also help our team earn a small commission by clicking our Lazada and Shopee affiliate links found in the description. Any amount you contribute will enormously help support our team to produce more quality content. The views and opinions expressed by the podcast creators, hosts, and guests do not necessarily reflect the official policy and position of Podcast Network Asia, the hosts of the program, or other programs of the network. Any content provided by the people on the podcast are of their own opinion and are not intended to malign any religion, ethnic group, club, organization, company, individual, or anyone or anything.